Hi, I'm Monique Carriol and I'm building a movement of brave leaders so that together we can tackle some of society's most fundamental needs. So I'm here to encourage you to be yourself, support you to back yourself and really help you through those practical steps to navigate your leadership and career journey to enable you to make it happen. Hi and welcome to my brand new podcast. I'm so excited to finally launch this. Series one of the podcast is uh, the recordings from my seven part webinar series of the same name. And the first session is a leader's mindset. I wanted to start here because I honestly believe that all of this starts within our mind. And if you get your mind into the right place, you can overcome so much. So me and my special guest, Tara Humphrey, and if you don't know Tara, she's the CEO of THC Primary Care. She's also the host of a really successful podcast, The Business, Business of Healthcare. Myself and Tara cover a number of items, but in particular, we talk about dealing with fear and failure. We talk about imposter syndrome. We talk about becoming more solutions focused. We talk about how to invest in yourselves and, and, how we, and share how we do this. We also talk about using expert advice when you need to. We talk about the book recommendation, David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me. If you haven't read this book, please, please do. This is the ultimate example of the power of the mind and what you can overcome um, and what you can achieve if you listen to the story of what he's done. And I love the book because it also has challenges at the end of any chapter. I really love when people have the opportunity and I want to support you to have the opportunity to take practical action after you've listened and heard. If you were at the webinar, this gives you a chance to listen back again. And you'll also know that I said for any questions that we didn't get to cover in the Q&A, because we only had 90 minutes and it went so quickly, um, that I would cover these when I released the recordings as these podcast episodes. So listen right through to the end because I answer two really great questions that we didn't have time to answer during the session. I hope you enjoy it. Well, you know, if, if you know me, and a lot of people on here know me, I'm a bit of a chatterbox, but also I like to put my money where my mouth is. And for me, I feel that there's a lot of leadership development out there. There's a lot that people can do, academic courses, theoretical courses, that will guide you on developing your leadership skills, career development, management skills, and all of that stuff. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. But the thing that I feel for me that has been really missing is about some more of that practical insight and advice. You know, sometimes you've got stuff on paper, but when it comes to putting it into practice, it's like, how do I do this? And how do I bring all of this together? And that's what I really wanted to be able to do. It's been in my mind. And um, from when I did my first webinar with Tara last year, I thought there were so many different components to leadership um, that I wanted to be able to share that I couldn't cram into one session. So I thought, OK, Monique, it's either you put up or you shut up. So actually, let's have a go at designing a webinar series. And Tia, who's you just introduced the session for me, is a head of comms and has been brilliant at giving me advice and support on how to shape the session. And also Ruby, who some of you will know, who's a head of EDI, but also a very experienced learning development and OD person, has also given me a lot of support on kind of how to engage and bring this together. So I asked them to, and they've kindly given me their time free of charge to help me with putting this session together. So what is it I think that's important? Well, 
you'll see on the, um, the, the things that we'll be covering. And Tia, if you could just put up for me the series overview slide, so the second slide. I just want people to have a quick look. If you haven't seen it already, this is some of what I will be covering over the six sessions. Um, a leader's mindset is the place I'm starting with because actually um, it all starts with our minds and we all are in control of our own mind. We don't always feel like that. We may feel that things are outside of our control, but actually it's really important that we understand what is within our gift and what we can do to actually progress and move forward. But the other things I also wanted to cover was about supporting you to be brave, Finding your leadership style in challenging times. This is challenging times that we're living through right now. And I think we're all feeling that. And, you know, I think I'm sure you will challenge me today on talking about, OK, there's a lot of things that we do control, but there's also a lot of things outside of our control. And that's true. But I still want to talk to you about what you can do to discover and to feel confident in um, stepping forward in your leadership style during these times. I mentioned before I'm a chatterbox, but honestly, I kid you not, in my 20 years of navigating my career from being a PA all the way up to when I left the NHS last month as a board level executive director, one of the biggest things that have helped me in my career is about the power of a conversation. So building your influence and building relationships will be crucial for how you navigate your career and even how you navigate yourself. If you're not leading anybody, you lead yourself and how you do that is still important. And then it will be about taking your next step. So how do you do that? I said this is about practical insights and advice. So it's really important we do that and get into it. Thank you to Sita. Um, I just wanted to um, ask you a question here and do feel free to post your answers in the chat um, you don't have to participate, you can have a think about it, but if you do it will be really good to hear from you in terms of these leaders. So which one of these leaders are you drawn to and why? And thank you Dr Nima, I've seen already, so Nelson Mandela, it would be great if you could also say why you're drawn to those leaders. So I'll just give people a few minutes to post that up for me and then I'll explain to you why I'm asking that question. Okay, Gem, D, Oprah Winfrey. I can see Karen, Oprah Winfrey as well. Kaz, Oprah Winfrey as well. So we're getting a lot for Oprah Mandela. She engages with everyone with empathy. All oh, these are flying fast. Let me have a look at some of these. She stands within her power. I like that crystal. Nelson Mandela, because of his compassion, stood by his principles and moral belief. Yes, a true humanitarian, a selfless leader. Lots for Mandela because of what he managed. Oprah, a great story from humble beginnings. Tina Turner, passion to pursue despite huge challenges. Yes. I hear that as well. Yes, courageous, overcome adversity, forgiveness, stood for his rights, a great leader in Mandela. Yeah, all of those are true. And I think here, also, okay, Kaz, I agree with you in terms of there could be many reasons why you're choosing these. And I think they're all powerful leaders. Yes, Yomi as well. I recently watched the Tina Turner documentary and I saw that. I agree as well about Churchill galvanizing the whole of the country during the war. Okay, Oprah supports anyone, inspiration, tenacity, yes, very important. 
What I would say about all of these leaders, and I think um, what I think is important to point out to you is what is the one thing that you, you notice about them that's in common? Their determination, their courage, and what am I going to say? Their mindset. You know, all of them faced extreme adversities um, during their time of leadership, whether that was in their career. So if I think about Tina Turner, that was at the time that she, um, you know, had a difficult time with her husband, but would we have ever known that was going on behind the scenes? Her music, her capability, her energy. She was a performer, not just a singer, she was a performer. And to say that exactly that, Joanna, that she re rebuilt her career after that. And if you watch the documentary of Tina Turner, what she talks about is how determined she was to be a rock star. And actually, she didn't, she didn't know how she was going to make that happen in terms of her journey through music and where she'd got to. But she was absolutely adamant that that is what she wanted to do. And that is what she wanted to be known for. And she had a vision that she would perform in front of large crowds like the Rolling Stones. And she said, I want to perform on a stage of more than 100,000 people. You think about Churchill. Look at what was going on with the war. And he was determined, he was single-minded. He was the one who was saying, we are going to go up against Hitler and we are going to do this. And we're gonna keep calm and we're gonna carry on and we're gonna to stick together. I mean, the story of Mandela, we all know that. Um, you know, those years in captivity and still he came out and it was still adamant that he was gonna be peaceful, adamant after 27 years that his mind didn't waver. And this is why I wanna talk about today Okay, we might think that, you know, we're everyday people, we're not Mandela, we're not Churchill, we're not Oprah Winfrey, look at all what she's done, look at all what she went through in her childhood, and what she's achieved and what she shares with everyone. But I think I've used these examples to, to, to spark the conversation, and to kind of set your mind to say, you know, there are some powerful leaders out there who all look very different, who've come from different backgrounds, who've come from deep adversity, but actually, through their own courage, determination, and the way how they think. What have they achieved in their life? And I really want us to think about that today as we work through and we hear from our special guest as well about what she's achieved and why and what the power of our mind can do to us, all right? So should we take those slides down then for me, Tia? Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, so just to tell you a little bit more about what I'd like to cover today and why I think it's important. I mentioned already, it all starts with you and the way how you're thinking. I mentioned that we're living through challenging times. And I know that the pandemic has affected us in many ways. It may have affected you personally. It may have affected you in your work and your career. It may have affected you in how you're parenting. But the one thing that I do know through the pandemic is it's shown us how much is outside of our control. But can we look at how much is actually within our control and what it is that we can do? And when you're a leader or when you're stepping forward, whatever your goal may be, it's really easy to feel pumped up and to feel motivated when it's all going good. It's all going well. You know, I'm going from strength to strength. Monique, I listened to what you said today. And as a result of it, look at me, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And that's all wonderful. But what about when it goes wrong? What about when you have failure? What about when you have like what they say, imposter syndrome? I'm not over keen on that term, but I think it's important to talk about what it's about and what it does to people. And what about the biggest one that holds us back, fear? What about when those things happen? What is it you can do? What is it that I'd like to share with you about what I've done? You know, because I know for myself, 
I learn from experience and I learn from people and I hear things more from people who have walked that walk. It's not that I don't believe someone if they're talking to me from theory, but if you're talking to me from, I've been there, I've done it, I've worked through it, and this is where I am right now, it hits me in a different way. And I really wanted to make sure that during these sessions, um, you can ask me questions, you know, so please use the Q&A. Tia's gonna help me manage that, but please pose your questions in there. Questions you've got for me, questions you've got for Tara about how we've dealt with things when it is really challenging. And what are some of the techniques and tools that we use to deal with those situations that you absolutely will face whenever you take on any level of leadership or whenever you're trying something new. You know, yes, I've set this webinar series up for aspiring leaders, but it's also for anybody who's trying to achieve something, who wants to take the next step in something, who wants to try something new. This space is for you as well. So I really want you to be able to find out more from us um, and what that's been like and what that feels like. So let me just do a bit of an introduction to Tara. If you've been following me on socials, You've been, you mostly would have heard me wax lyrical about Tara. And I want to tell you a little bit about how I met Tara, first of all, as well, and why she's a very special lady, but also a special person to me as well. She's one of my biggest cheerleaders. And um, when I say a cheerleader, I'd also say she's the person who gives me the biggest kicks up the bum as well and says, just get on with it. But just to tell you how we met. So um, I think it was about 18 months ago, uh, I decided that um, I wanted to try and um, raise my profile a little bit more on social media and start to share some of my views on leadership and progress in your career. And this was based on because I was getting a lot of feedback from people saying that, Monique, um, the way how you speak and the way how you share information, it's really clear, it's easy to understand, and um, you've achieved a lot in your career. You need to tell more people and encourage more people. So I was brave because I felt very uncomfortable being on that platform. And my friends and family who are on here will know that I'm a kind of roll your sleeves up and get on with it person. So to get out there and start speaking was really hard. But when I updated my LinkedIn profile, I put something on there about being tenacious because I know I'm a very determined person and I always like to see things through. And um, through that, I saw something on Tara's page about how you track transformation without bureaucracy. And I really liked it. So I took it down from Tara's page because Tara shares lots of tools and techniques and she'll tell you more about that. And in doing that, Tara connected with me and said, actually, I've read your profile. I like that you're tenacious. Can we have a discovery call? Long story short, she invited me onto her podcast, The Business of Healthcare, my very first podcast interview. And she named my session Supporting People to Be Brave. We did an hour's interview. Tara said, Monique, this was brilliant. I know this is going to be good. And I said, OK, I feel like I was just speaking the truth. Um, the podcast was really successful. So Tara actually said, I think it's her second biggest one downloaded for last year. But off the back of that, Tara then said, Monique, I'm getting so much feedback. People want to hear more from you. I want me and you to do a webinar. And I was like, what? Just me and you? She said, just me and you. And I know a number of you on the call now joined me and Tara for that webinar. So we did that. And again, off the back of that, Tara said to me, do you know what, Monique, you need to go it alone. You need to set up your own leadership community. You need to set up your own podcast. People want to hear from you. You need to do this. And I was umming and ahhing and umming and ahhing. And I was having a voice note call with Tara. And she said to me, do you know what? You need to stop playing around the edges and just jump right in. 
And that, to be honest, I think sowed the seed of what you're seeing now. And also, although I had started the plan of leaving my job and, and starting something new, it really gave me the push to get on with that and push through the last six months of making my leaving and exit plan. So that's a bit about Tara. The biggest thing that I think about Tara that I want you to know is Tara had a conversation with me last year when Black's like, when Black Lives Matters was all kicking off. And um, she was saying, I want to take action. I want to do something about this. I don't want to play around the edges. I want to do something that's going to make a change. So if you listen to my promo video about today, what Tara did was she took £10,000 of her own money and she started the Business of Healthcare Scholarship Fund. And it was lo lovely to see Justine, who's one of the people who's on that scholarship fund in the, um, in the session today. But Tara has funded that and she um, is supporting, and Tara, you'll need to remind me when you come on, a number of people from BAME backgrounds to progress their careers in healthcare leadership through funding education and courses for them. So I feel like for me, I know Tara's mindset is what has made her business successful because she's also a CEO of THC Primary Care, which is a very successful business supporting healthcare. She runs a very successful podcast and she's also funded and is now setting up a charity for her BAME scholarship fund. So Tara, I think I've built you up enough. I think people want to hear from you now. Welcome and good evening. Do you want to join us? Hello, hello. Hey. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Good. So, Tara, do you want to share with everybody a little bit about your career history and then whatever it is you want to talk about? Because I know mindset and leadership are things that you talk about a lot as well. So um, let me give you some space to share your thoughts on that before we go into the Q&A. Okay, so I suppose um, career background, I've got private and like public sector background. I started in McDonald's and I absolutely loved it. I progressed quite quickly and yeah, it was the best job. And then I moved into the insurance. I've been a barrister's clerk and then I found myself working in the university and I worked there for six years. And without that job, I wouldn't have this business. Um, I was a business development manager. I was the first business development manager, so nobody knew what to do with me. So I kind of had to create my role and get people to give me their time. And then somebody said to me, no, my friend Ali, who's my oldest friend, I've known her since she was six. We were in the park one day and Ali, I would class her as like a high flyer. She said to me, oh, I've got this mentor. I don't really like him, but I really respect him. And I thought, like I I want a mentor so I went home online and was like what's a mentor and kind of found out what it was or a mentor and a mentee and then I thought who do I not really know or like but I really respect and a guy called Tim D came to mind and I said to him will you mentor me for six sessions for 45 minutes on my role because I am trying to build a nursery no it's a nursery and a stem cell laboratory they were my projects and he said to me, yep, no problem. And then throughout our mentorship, he said to me, have you ever thought of doing an MBA? And I was like, no, what's one of those? And then he told me what it was. I went over to my boss, Audrey, and said, can I do an MBA? And I had all this big pitch on like 
what I was going to do with it and how I was going to stay with the organization forever and she can trust me and she was like yeah yeah like I didn't I probably got into like five minutes of it she was like yeah 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 that's fine and then I'd I think my job my MBA has led me led me here definitely. So tell us a little bit more about your business and what yep. you do um, and tell and I know people would really like to hear a bit about your podcast journey and how that got set up as well. So today um, I run THC, own and run THC Primary Care. Um, we've been going for six years. We started off in, we started off working with Health Education England, setting up what is now known today as training hubs, but community education provider networks. And I've got one gig. So I left my job towards the end of my university career. I left and I didn't have a job to go to. I have three months garden leave and I thought I, I thought I'd honestly just get a job mm. at the university like doing the exact same job you like down the road and then some GP said to me will you write our business plan for me I said oh, okay um will you pay me and they said yeah have you got a business and I said yeah and then I went home and was like, <laughs> like what is a business <laughs> and then I I went on to Companies House, set up Tara Humphrey Consulting, and I got my first gig. And then literally through word of mouth, we then I went on to set up, I think I've worked with 11, no, 13 training hubs. Mm. And then there's a guy called Ben Gowland, who's got the General Practice podcast. And I remember thinking, I li listen to podcasts all the time. Mm. And when he came out with his, or when I found his, I was like, oh, damn it, he got there first. <laughs> and I, I reached out to him and said, I love your podcast. And he was like, do you want to meet up? So we met up and it's a really, it's, and I think it about you. I still think today, like five years later, I can't believe he's my friend. He's given me so many opportunities. He said to me, Tara, have you ever worked with GP Federation? I was like, no, because I was just helping set up these networks from an educational perspective. And I said, no. And he said, but what'd you do? And I said, project management. And he said, oh, don't, yeah, you can do it. He said, will you come and help us set up a frailty service? And I was like, what's frailty? You know, like, what's the service? Because I've never been in that clinical side of delivery. And he said, don't worry. I said, how many practices is it? And he said, it's 42. And I said, how long is it going to take? How long is the contract? And he said, 19 days. And I was like, I've never done this before, mm. but I think it's going to take longer than 19 days. And he said, Tara, don't worry about it. Just say that you can do it. So I did it. And then 18 months later, I was like, do you know what? I think it's time for me to leave. That introduced me to Primary Care Networks. And essentially what myself and my team do, I say the clinical directors that I work with, they have got the vision, but they don't have the know-how. Mm -hmm. So they will think, okay, I want to create this service. I want to increase childhood immunizations in my um, population, which is uh, South Asian and Jewish. Mm -hmm. And they will just say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll hire an immunization nurse. And it's so much more than that. It's so much more that goes into creating a service and making sure it really meets the needs because they've tried, it's not just as simple as mm -hmm. putting another role in there. It's really understanding why certain populations um, do and don't do certain things 
So they have got the vision and I'm the person that helps make it happen. I'm the who, what, why, when, how, how much person. Um, their critical friend, I'm the person that says, okay, we've talked about this. We've had two board meetings where everyone's nodded and said, it's a really good idea. Are we going to do it? We are going to do it. Okay, this is the plan. This is how much it's going to cost. So I'm the person that keeps the network on track and I, we, I want to grow it for them. So telling us about that, and I know, you know, primary care colleagues, I work with a lot of primary care colleagues over the years, um, tough nut to crack, you know, great people, but they are all small businesses, you yeah. know, customers always right, it's tough. You're making it sound very easy, but it's a tough space to work in. Reputation is everything, you know? Yeah. So you've cracked that. Your business is profitable to the point where you've funded and created a scholarship of your own. But you also, and you mentioned it really quickly, but you also went ahead and set up your business of healthcare podcast. So tell me yeah. a little bit more about that and and that and kind of your bravery, I think, in getting out there and setting that up. So the scholarship, uh, the podcast came around because when I did my dissertation, I asked GP. I, was, I don't know why. I my kind of dissertation was on. GP's perceptions of the five-year forward view. And then throughout those conversations, you know, you do your interviews, throughout those conversations, everybody, I found out everybody did multiple roles. I found they were all portfolio GPs and they were all GP partners. Mm -hmm. And some of them had other businesses. And I don't know, the question came up is, do you see your organization as a business? And they all, I think all but one said no. And at that time, you know, if we wanted a GP to come to a meeting in when I was working, we had to pay for their time. So they understand, okay, my time, and rightly so, you know, is worth money. But it was interesting that they don't, you know, GP part, call themselves GP partners. They don't call themselves business owners. And I just thought that's really, I don't know why, I just thought it's really interesting. And then I, I love business. I'm always reading business books. And I just thought, how do you find out about, healthcare like I want to find out about Virgin or Coca-Cola or Google anything I can find that out but healthcare felt really a bit closed mm -hmm. so this was in my when I was doing my MBA and I did think I'm going to create a podcast called the business of healthcare podcast we talk about being brave this took me five years because at the time I worked in a university I didn't run my own business yeah um I didn't work in healthcare and I just thought well, I'm going to set this podcast up and then Ben Gowland set up the general practice podcast yeah. and I was like oh no but it's so different and in the end I think I just it's been going for 18 months and I just thought Tara if you want to set up a podcast you can you can set it up like why do you, what are you waiting for mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the worst that can happen is nobody will listen and no one no one will even know if nobody listens so it's quite a low risk move mm -hmm. and then so I set it up and I'm like yeah it's it's going really really well like yeah we're growing growing all the time and yeah it's really cool it's a really good opportunity for me I meet people I would never ever ordinarily meet I would never cross their paths and what's really nice is people come to me PR comp companies come to us all the time to say can we come on your podcast and yes. sometimes I say yeah and sometimes I say, do you know what? No, like, no, they're not. 
I want a bit like you, I want to hear the story yes. behind um, the business. I don't just want people to come on and go, I'm amazing. This is what our business yes. does. Yes. I want to hear about the leader themselves. Um, yes. So, yeah. So, so I think everyone listening today and here with us today, and we've got over 100 people with us this evening. So um, I think it's important for them to take a listen if they haven't listened to your business of healthcare podcast, because what you get from that is as well as Tara interviewing people, leaders, leaders in healthcare and from all different facets of healthcare, you also hear from Tara individually. So Tara shares and what she hasn't said, she shares practical tips and tools. So if you're working in transformation or project management, she shares that, but she also shares her insight into how she leads and run her business, how she thinks. And you skimmed over it really quickly and I'm going to tease it out and I'm, okay. I really want people to give us some questions on it. But you spoke about when you were thinking about doing the podcast and you said, but it took me five years. Yeah. And actually, even though it took you five years, you still stepped forward and did it. Even when you saw someone else stepping into that space, you still stepped forward and you did it. And as you said, you said something really important there, which is something I think when dealing with fear, I'd like everyone to think about this. When you're dealing with fear, it's sometimes good to go to that place and go, what's the worst thing that can happen? And that's what I just heard from you. You went, well, the worst thing that can happen is I get no one listening in. Okay, can I recover from that? Yeah, I'll just wrap it up and do something else. Actually, the complete opposite has happened. (laughs) Your podcast is amazing. But also, like you mentioned, your podcast has opened so many doors for you and taken you to so many different places. So, you know, today, I just one of the things I did want to tease out is about dealing with fear, because fear is one of the biggest things that paralyzes us from moving forward, isn't it? You know, it really stifles talent. One of the books I'll talk about in another session is called Mm -hmm. Talent is Never Enough. And it's that thing of you can have all the skills and then some, but if your fear is paralyzing you, you can't move forward. So what is it we can do to to work through and pull that fear out of us? Or, you know, we all know that saying, feel the fear and do it anyway. But actually, sometimes the fear is mortifying, isn't it? You know, I think chunking it down. What I heard from you is also chunking it down. Okay, this is what I can do. I can do this. I've seen other people do it. I know I can do it. I'm going to give it a go. And if it doesn't work out, I'll just wrap it all up and do something else. And, I, you know, from everyone on the call today, I'd love to know, you know, I bet you there are things there that you're thinking about you want to do. It can be as simple as filling out an application form. You know, what is the worst thing that can happen? You're not shortlisted. Okay, you've lost a couple of hours. You might feel a bit deflated for a little while but you'll pull yourself up and go again. What happens if you don't put that application in and actually you could have been shortlisted? What happens if you're thinking, oh, I've only, I only know 60% of that person's spec? Go for it. You might find out that the person who gets the job only had 55% of the person's spec. You know, I really think it's important about challenging that. Some people call it the inner critic, isn't it? The negative chatter, whatever it is, but really challenging that and being honest with yourself about where's that fear coming from? And is it something that is within your control to start chunking those steps down? I really wanted to kind of touch on that. So I'm conscious of time and I know that I want people to ask questions. I said, there's over a hundred of you, over 110 people on this call. 
I am sure you must have questions that you want to ask me and Tara. And if not, I'm happy to barrage Tara with all the things I want to know about her. But can I just check in? So Tia, have we got any questions in the Q&A that you want to pose to um, Tara? Yeah, so this, the first one is, how did you overcome the fear of creating something in an already competitive space, i.e. podcast? Um, so... How did you station your and your specific? Can you hear me still? Sorry, do you want to go to the first part of that question? I'll go to the, the first one. So when I set up the podcast, I had been blogging for ages. So I thought I've got the content. So I'm not trying to recreate something else. I've already got my blog content. So I will just turn that in to a podcast. I never actually did that because as soon as I turned on the mic, I don't read my, I don't read from a script when I do my podcast. So I, I tried to kind of read it and it didn't sound great. And then what would happen? I would just take like one title from a blog post and then I would just talk, just talk about it. And then I think how I overcome the fear is that I had, I had the content, I had a body of work that let me know I knew my stuff. So the fear was do I have any credibility? And how I came over that was like, Tara, you're sitting on like a hundred blog posts. Um, they can't all be, and they're not all, they're good. Like, and they're good because this is what I do in my job. I'm not making it up. Like, this is what I do in my job and people pay me to do it. So I think that's how I overcome the fear. And I think the, another thing was, it's like more than one person can have a podcast in primary, you know, like in primary care. Mine's not even in primary care. So I think it was like, Tara, stop being stupid. You know, like, you know, like you and Ben can have a podcast, you know, like me and I don't know how many healthcare podcasts out there, but none, none is like mine. You know, like I'm the only black female doing a podcast like this. So that makes me unique. So I think as soon as I did like, one and I was like I really like this and sometimes the show does do very well but not every episode I think we've done over 120 episodes not every episode you know like smashes it and I always come back to I really like it I really like doing it it makes me better at my job it makes me a better communicator so I think over, after the fear of thinking it's like can I can I do it and then it's like yes I can so that's that's the first part Okay, so the second part of the question, and that this is also from um, Emily Mitchell, so that the first one was from her as well. How did you think about differentiation and your specific position slash value proposition within the market? I don't think I did at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just did it. Um, no, I, I actually, that's a lie. I did think I want to create so I love my industry. I love healthcare. But when I listen to other people, I, without being rude, I, it's like boring. It's like you've made something that's a really interesting topic sound really dry and boring because you've like over, you've, you've been too serious about it. And it is a serious topic, but the delivery in my view was too formal so I write how I talk 
and it's I would say I'm informal so it was always going to be like an informal um like show and when I say informal I remember going back to the editor saying don't edit out the laughs don't edit out the buts like don't edit out the mm's I don't want it to be like hello Monique how are you today you know like I don't want it to be so like that so I think that that essentially was the uniqueness because at the time all of the other shows and I think I even listened to one yesterday and I thought nah it's you know like ours is it's the informalness that makes us different mm. and that I think it's what else makes it different I don't know it's like I'm just me I'm different from Monique I'm different from you so whatever you do whatever we do we could all have a webinar series on leadership but it'd be different because I'm different and we just come at it from a slightly different perspective so I think and that's why that's exactly why I wanted you on today about talking about being yourself you know and I think um it's so important and Tara you said about being um you know, the only black female doing the type of podcast that you are, you know, being that trailblazer in that space and being brave to do it, you know. And um, when we came up with that strap line, when we did the first webinar, it was from that thing, wasn't it, about yeah. encouraging each other to be ourselves and back ourselves and, and kind of doing that back and forth to each other as well. And I think it touches on one of the things I talk about, you know, you are one of my biggest cheerleaders, but you're also my biggest kick up the bum and you need some of that. But the you, what I love about you is as much as you give it out, you do it for yourself as well. You know, it's a really powerful thing in your, in your locker about you um, that makes things happen. So thank you for sharing that point. Okay. Okay. Obviously, so we are interrupted. Sorry. That's okay. So just go on to the next next question from the Q&A from Mohammed. So the first part was, do you recommend any networks where someone could find a leadership mentor? But then he elaborated to say, in, in other ways, how could you find a leadership mentor? So how I have found my mentors is I just see somebody and I approach them and I just ask them, um, we have our, if you stay connected to me, when we have opened up our next round of the Business Healthcare of Scholarship, that is how you can get a mentor. But that's not till the autumn. But in, I've always just seen somebody that I like. I think, what is it that they can teach me? And I'll approach them with an offer. It's like, just flatter them. Just be like, I saw you in this webinar, came across as so, I don't know, whatever. Um could you dedicate five 30 minute sessions with me? You've got to lead it. Don't, you know, don't approach somebody, then sit back and try and make them do all of the work. But that's how we've done it. How, how what networks would you advise? I'm not sure. Neat. Yeah, I think, um, I think what I encourage people to do is to get active on social media and get active in a real way. So not, not listening to some of the stuff that says, you know, you must post this many times and you must do this and you must do that. No, just, just get comfortable with number one, making sure your profile reflects who you are and what you're really about. And I think number two, then just starting to try and connect and talk about things that you're interested in. Because what will happen is when you do that, as we know, social media is very automated, isn't it? It starts to feed you 
people who are posting and talking about what you're interested in. And you'll start to see some of those people that you will want in your network, both as peer support, but also that, that opportunity to see people who may you may want to approach for mentoring. I would just add something on about mentoring and say that um, session five will be talking about talking about the mentoring relationship because I think there's two bits to it. Like Tara was saying, just be brave and approach people. But also I know Tia, who will talk about her mentoring journey, will also say, and be ready for it when you approach them. So actually, if you're going to approach a mentor who's got a lot to offer you, be ready to take that and work with it as well. But I would encourage everyone raise up your social media profile, start to connect with people. And now more than ever, the one of the positives of being in the pandemic is the world of virtuals opened up so much, hasn't it? Mm. So, you know, there's webinars, 10 a penny. So I appreciate people being here today, actually. But there are, and that gives you an opportunity. So even like what I've been saying, get involved in those webinars, do interact on the chat, do ask questions, do connect with the presenters after and follow them on social media as well. It's a really easy way of um, building your network and trying to expose yourself into spaces that you may wish to be trying to get into. I would also add if you see somebody it's like you don't have to have a you know some of my mentors are really famous I've never met them because they've got podcasts they've got books they've got blogs so people give so much stuff for free so I would say consume that content and do something with it yes you want if you're going to say yes to somebody you want to know that they're really serious and they've taken action um so there is a lot of you a lot of self-development that you have to demonstrate um to want somebody to want to work with you I think yes yes no I hear that and I agree with that entirely Okay, Tia, I can see quite a few questions in the chat as well. So let me let you fire away. Yeah, no, of course. So we've just got a few more from the Q&A and then we'll head over to the questions in the chat. So apologies if I pronounced this name wrong. I think it's Beathy Anderson. And her question mm. is, I have never written a business plan. I'm a physiotherapist. I know the clinical part, but not the business part, which is necessary. How do I best attack this? I'd say... If you've never written one, start with a plan on a page. You should be able to articulate your ideas on one page. And I would have, it It always comes back to, it's the who, what, why, when, how, and how much. So it doesn't have to be in that order, but it'd be like, why do you want to do it? What is going to happen? Um, what do you need? What resources do you need? How long is it going to take? How much money do you think you're going to need? Um, I would start, yeah, I would get a piece of pet and I think I've got one. I would look at the who, what, why, when, how, one piece of paper, start there. And it's like, keep it as simple as possible. Then take it to a trusted ally, not your friend. Take it to a trusted ally in your organization and ask them kindly, what am I missing? And then you do draft two and then take it to somebody else. What am I missing? And that is how, that is the easiest way. Because what you don't want to do and what I learned in my, you know, there's a difference between an MBA business plan, which nobody in real life is ever, ever, ever going to read. Um, and making a plan for something to happen. It might be for your organization. It might be for, you know, it might be for you're setting up your own business, but I would get a critical friend, but I would start 
and make your piece of paper, you know, like landscape. Yeah, landscape. And just put who, what, why, when, how, and how much. I'd start there. Thank you, Tara. And just to remind people, you know, there's some great messages coming through on the chat. Really nice to see people who are saying that they've um, tried some of the things that we're talking about, you know, for themselves and seen results of it. If you do want everyone to see your comments, please make sure you choose the all panellists and all attendees so everyone can see what you're saying. So back over to you, Tia. Okay, so um, the next question is from B Collins and it is, what is the difference with a mentor and a coach? I would say a mentor will say, this is how I did it. And a coach will say, what do you think you can do to make this happen? What do you think is in your control? Or so if I was your mentor, I'd be saying, I'd be telling you about how I've approached a certain situation and what worked and what didn't work but a coach true coach in its true essence will say tell me more about that so the answers come from you when you are in a coaching relationship whereas a mentorship relationship is a bit more informal and you will get to know more about your mentor and you want to learn from their experiences thank you so I'm just going to head over to the chat now and read um, the questions from the chat, if that's okay with you, Minnie. Yep. Okay, so the first one just going up is, what's your entrepreneurial issue and how do you overcome it? Who asked that? <laughs> um, Sam, Sam, sorry. You know why Sam asked you, right? <laughs> Sam, I saw that I was giggling. Those of you hmm. who don't know... <laughs> Tara interviewed Sam on her podcast and she asked Sam this question. You're so cheeky, Sam. <laughs> so funny. Tara, if you want to skip to the next one, it's fine. <laughs> okay. You, um, okay, what is my entrepreneurial issue? I think it's... I, I think it's something to do with... Like I want to, I want to be somebody. Um, and I was saying, to, I was saying to my team, I was saying to Lauren, like, I don't want to be ordinary. I don't want to be blah. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be like the wallpaper you just forget. And I think that is, that's what drives me. And I, I, I think it probably comes, oh God, I'm going to cry, it's my sob story. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was fostered. Mm. Um, so I never lived with my um, natural parents, lived with my foster parents, had a fantastic childhood, but there's always something. I, it sounds, not everyone is born to be parents, but sometimes I think, God, like, if your own parents don't want you, mm. you know, that does affect you. And I think because of that, it just makes me want to, I just want to be, not prove them wrong, but it's like you, maybe it's like you missed out because I, I am somebody. So I think that's what really drives me. Thanks, Sam, for that. <laughs> Thank you for being honest there, Tara, actually, because, um, you know, you're being open and um, it's something that we're virtual and I know that, but one of the things that I do want to create in the series is that this is a safe space. You know, this is an open space for people to learn and grow and share. You know, and I really appreciate you mm. sharing that because 
um, it makes what you've achieved oh so more powerful. You know, sometimes we all think that we're starting from, you know, everybody else out there, they're, you know, they're okay, they're middle yeah. class, they've grown up in a two-parent household, whatever that story may be, isn't it? Yeah. We, we have these perceptions in our mind that it's only people like X yeah. who, who run their businesses or who become CEOs or who become directors. And it's so not true. You know, it's so not true. Yeah. So I really appreciate you sharing that because we've just heard, you know, 25 minutes of how, how brilliant you are doing in your business and not just doing that, but sharing your success with others. And I'm sure many people wouldn't have known that about you. Hmm. Do you know what I don't? This is why I host my own show. I ask the questions, Sam also. So, but you, you, I gave you a chance to swerve it and you didn't. And I appreciate that you didn't. So good on you, Sam, for getting in there with that. But thank you for sharing that. So Tia, sorry. Yes, yeah, no, that's fine. So we have a question from Carol and it says, Tara, can you suggest ideas slash tips for dealing with low motivation? Um, as she mentioned, she struggled with staying motivated, even though um, I think I know what I want to do. Okay, so I would say, and Monique will back me up with this, is sounds really sounds I sound a little bit like type A, but I have a vivid vision. It's like it goes back to your why, and it's like okay, if my vision for my life is that I don't want to be ordinary, I I have to do something about that, and I have to do things that what I perceive make me unique. So that's I know it's quite, it's not a very tactical answer, but it's like, what do you want to achieve and why do you want to achieve it? And then when you work back, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to have to do something on a Monday if I want to get there. You don't have to be on it all the time. You don't have to be on it like 24-7 all of the time, but it's like, what things can I do? If you're not, if you're low in motivation on one day, it's like, what one thing can I do? And when you're like ultra on it and you've got the energy, it's like, okay, what five things can I do? And there are some days when you think, you know what, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm going to rest today. But it, you kind of have to look at, you have to think, well, what do I need? If I want to achieve what I want to achieve, that's your motivation. And a, a, a good example is this year I've signed up to do, like, I don't want to be ordinary. So it's like when people are doing, like, marathons and there's no, you know, like, it's huge. My husband does marathons all the time but it's like I want to be different so it's like I'd, I've signed up for Everest base camp 250ks and a 100 mile bike ride so there are that like I'm just constantly sore someone said to me how are you I was like I'm just sore <laughs> <laughs> all of the time um but I want the medals I want the experience I feel like doing those things pushes me out of ordinary lane into mm. ex extraordinary mm. so I create routines I'm a quite a structured person so I have a training plan I have an eating plan I have a rest day I like to write things down I've got I'm looking I've got quite an extensive um 
shelf of notebooks you know like find things that motivate you it might be stationary it might be clothing it might be friends like treat yourself when you you know you achieve the goal and take the big goal and chunk it down give yourself a break you don't have to do it all the time but I'd say low motivation what one thing I can do days when you're on it what five things I can do and those five things you can like bosh out in an hour you have to take you all day good advice practical advice that you can take from today and there'll be a link to that actually when we come into the book later so thank you Tara okay so just going on to the next question for Tara it's from Diana and it says I have a fear of doing presentations and public speaking did you and if so how did you overcome that but yes Yes, all the time. I'm like scared now. That question from Sam has, has thrown me. Um, <laughs> like hot. Um, oh, I don't know. You know, you just think, what's the worst that can happen? I do get nervous. I was been fine mm. all day. Then literally, um, probably like two minutes before I came on, I thought, oh, I'm not prepared. <laughs> um but I just do it's just like it's my job it's my job to talk to people and I enjoy it and as soon as I get going I'm all right so I would just say this is like the tough love you just gotta get over it if you want a job where you talk to people and you need to showcase your talents you've got you've got to talk to people and you we all do it and you have to be that good at it you just have to do it and find people that you're talking to that make you comfortable but I would say you know prepare all of the stuff in like textbook you can prepare and all of that stuff and wear your lucky knickers but you just have to <laughs> you know, like you just have to do it don't overthink it just don't overthink it so something that I'd add to that and I know what you mean you, the more you do it the more you feel the fear and do it anyway is big. And I also think if you don't feel, even when you've done it a lot, if you don't feel nervous, I think you, we're not stretching or I'm not gonna deliver my best. You know, I think I feel nervous because you want to give your best to whoever it is you're speaking to as well. But a trick that I've used, especially when I've been chair, used to chair big meetings and would be nervous, um, especially in the boardroom or even with my team, sometimes you wanna really land something well. Um, is to act that I was a teacher and I was saying this to you the other day when you when you have a lecturer or a teacher they never seem nervous but they're actually presenting to everyone and I will always say to myself well, if you're going in the room to chair that meeting act like you're the lecturer or the teacher and you've got knowledge that you want to share with this is your group of students you know and it would just put me at ease because I'm not thinking um I'm going to get it wrong. You know, there's a dynamic that I'm uncomfortable with. It feels like almost I'm in charge as the lecturer or the teacher. I can make this work. I know what I'm saying and I feel confident in what I'm saying. And when I've been in situations where it's really daunting, you know, going into meetings where you've either got a pitch for something or the work you're doing might be in a bad place, you know, and you've got to go in there and face the music. I've um, sometimes imagined the room is naked. Because if everybody in that room is naked and I'm fully clothed, I'm all right. And I've used that. And again, it's just got me over that real, oh, I just can't get myself together. It just almost, and it always makes me have a little giggle in my head. But they're two tricks that I've used mm -hmm. that work really well for me. 
So Tia, Hi, Monique, Monique yeah. I don't want to butt in, but just a comment on the chat function that links to that point. Um, mm. Linda mentioned that the, the mindset of what is the worst that could happen is a good starting point. Mm. But you could also flip it and say, what's the best thing that would happen as well? Absolutely. And, and, I, and I like that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think, again, it's good. I'm really glad that these comments are coming mm. up because they, they, they're building us up, if you like, to what I will cover when we wrap up. But it's absolutely right. But and we mentioned that thing about what's the worst that can happen, because I think the mind naturally goes to that. But actually, when you visualize when something is successful and you embrace and learn that and you feel it, that can also galvanize you. Tara, you might be using some of that when you're talking about your Everest training, you know, and it's hurting. Actually, what's it going to feel like when you get there? I think, I don't know if it's called stoicism. Some people, you know, like you say, what's the worst that could happen? So in my instance, what's the worst that can happen is they just say, Tara, you know, like you're crap, you know, and I don't want the contract. So then then what would I do? Yeah. Sorry, my... It's all right, but we're still here. We can still so hear you. Can kind of think about the worst situation and think, well, what then? What would I do? Then what would I do? Then yeah. what would I do? I do think when it comes to public speak speaking, most people, you know, once you start, it's okay. Yes. Yeah. It, it is. It yeah. tends to be okay. Yeah. Um, but I do get it's you know like I'm kind of a bit of a hip. I do feel nervous. Yeah. I'm very nervous and in some respects very insecure, but it doesn't stop me. Well, you're here. Look, you're yeah. here presenting and talking without a script. You know, I, people, if you're not aware, aware, I literally gave Tara three bullet points to work from. I didn't so, even look at it. <laughs> so there you go. And you're talking to over 100 people yeah. Yeah. free and easily. And you can see, if you can see the chat, you can see from the chat that people, what you're sharing is absolutely insightful and in helping people. So um, you absolutely embody, feel the fear and do it anyway. So Tia, I know Tia's messaging me to tell me that we've got lots more questions. So let's try and get through a few more for Tara. So Tia, over to you. Thank you. Okay, so the next one's from Karen Morton, and it says, Tara, how did you gain your audience or followers for your podcast? So we heavily promote it. So sorry. We just heavily promote it. We use our social channels. So we are on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram is a very new channel for us, but LinkedIn, I kind of was like bought up on LinkedIn. Um, and then someone said to me, it's like, find where your audience is. I never went on Twitter. And I think I went on there and I was like, oh, like GPs hang out on Twitter. They're there all the time. <laughs> like they're there all the time. So we started a Twitter presence and we just promote it. And sometimes it does feel uncomfortable um, to constantly be, I think I've done a post in the past. It's like, you, it, you're essentially saying to people, well, look at me, like, look at me, read this, come here, do that, buy this. You have to kind of get over that. Some people's podcasts organically grow and they don't have any. Some of the podcasts I listen to, I don't think I've ever seen on social. Um, but for us, we do use that channel and then word of mouth, word of mouth. But it was, we did say like, we're doing the podcast and we, you, we, we talk about it a lot. So I think someone said, even if you, you know, like that moment you feel uncomfortable, you know, like do it 10 more times. And I'm a big fan of, uh, there's a guy called Grant Cardone who is, talks about the 10X rule. And it, this goes back to my 
my why it's like I want I want I don't necessarily want to be big like have a huge organization like with hundreds of people but I want to have a big impact and the mm. podcast is what you know it's global people listen from all over the world I have to tell people about it so the main we don't use paid for um, advertising yet, but it is just using um, using social has been fantastic for us. And no, yeah, we don't we don't use we haven't never used any um, paid. I think actually that's a lie. I went on. I think I've got like LinkedIn Premium. We never do anything with it, but no, we've never, <laughs> um, we don't we don't. And it's something that we've toyed with. I've got, I don't mind. It's just, you know, like all in good time, we would use paid social, but you have to think about what is it we're paying for. Mm. You have okay. to be strategic with your money. Okay. Tia? Okay. So the next one is from Dr. Nima and it's how do you balance career and family as this, this particular issue holds her back? Um, so I so I've been with my husband Mark for 21 years um, we've got three children and we just we just make it work we on a practical note we sit down every Sunday and he can see my diary we we plan what we're going to do we have dead like Sunday time Sunday Sunday is like family day we have movie night Friday, so we set certain things in the diary. Um, but I was with Mark eight years before we got married. And it's so unromantic. But when he asked me to marry him, I was like, I'm not like cooking. I'm not, don't expect dinner on the table. Like, I'm not <laughs> ironing your clothes. Like, it has to be 50-50 or this isn't going to work. Um, and he was like, oh, I've been with you for eight years. <laughs> not any different um so I was super clear that it is 50 50 and the kids know I'm ambitious and I, I do sometimes feel a bit uncomfortable with saying this um I'm not the I, you know I take them to school I don't pick them up Mark picks them up or sometimes I go to after school club you know I'm here tonight and you know the kids are at home you know before lockdown I used to travel it, it, most weeks. I'd, I'd be in Birmingham all the time with a client at Liverpool, Manchester. Mm. So it's always been that way. And when I, I never thought I would have kids. I don't know how we ended up having three, but some, I was very, I, think I burst into tears when I found out I was pregnant with P. I was so scared. I was just thinking because of my background like what if I don't love my child what if they end up getting put into care I was so so fearful and somebody said to me your child for me and it's one school of thought your children fit into your life you do not have to change your life to fit into theirs and for me I just thought okay I can make this work um when I'm off I'm off um and I'm quite an introvert. I like spending time by myself. So my coach says to me, what is your idea of balance? And my idea of balance is working hard, time with my family and time by myself. And that is why I will jet off to Everest or Kilimanjaro. Just a, a week, couple of weeks by myself. I really do need that. And 
I don't apologize for that. But other, you know, my best friend, Ali's a stay at home mum. You know, she likes being with it. I say to her, like, well, let's go out. Like, let's go out, out. And she's mm. like, oh, I'm going to be in at 11. And I think that's not out, out. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's going back to the answer. It's whoever you're with, whatever your family structure is. Mm. Um, it's okay to take time for yourself if you want time for yourself mm. and having a supportive partner. Um, and for me, it's quality, but it's, it's, a, it's an interesting question. And I think mm. we all have to find our own way. You know, like I, that's why I don't like always sharing it because I think my, you know, lots of people rightly so would think I wouldn't do that. I couldn't spend a week away from my family. And that's okay. We're all different. You have to find what you want and make it work and surround yourself with people that will allow you to be you in the way that you want to be. Um, and sometimes there's a meeting on a Tuesday. I've said, I'm going to be late. I take the kids to school. I'll be there about five past, 10 past nine. And I don't feel bad about that. Mm. I'm not going to not do that. So there is, there are hard things that I will not sacrifice on. Mm. Um, so that's how I do it. And I suppose um, picking up on that, Tara, I think, again, it's important for people to hear that because people might think okay well if you're running your own business how the hell do you ever have time for your children and actually that you're saying that no it is okay to create that time and to have that time for yourself what came to my mind when you were talking is work hard play hard you know and that's that's what it sounds like you do um but I know that your family time when you have it you protect it fiercely and I think that's a really important thing to be a to be a great leader, let me use that language, to be a great leader, you need to keep yourself topped up as well. And I think if you're not doing that, how you can't lead and look after and guide other people mm -hmm. if you're on your knees. So um, thank you for that. Really important, mm -hmm. a very good question. Thank you, Nima. Mm -hmm. And that's right, that time to myself is exercise. Yes. But my husband, <laughs> we do have a arrangement in our relationship where we will both go on holiday without each other. So once a year. So I will tend to like, want to climb a mountain or do an ultramarathon. Mark will want to go on a piss up. And that's fine. You know, like we don't have to be, to, we've been together for 21 years. And I say to my, like, we're going to be together, you know, hopefully forever. We have to be together all the time. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like we don't. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's what they say, right? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Tia, I'm going to see if you can squeeze two more questions in for Tara, because I can see that they're coming in. It's really good. Thank you, everybody who is posting questions. Can we try and get two more in? Yeah, of course. So the first one is from Matt, and his question is, what do you feel are the greatest challenges facing leaders currently? I think... I think for myself and the clinical directors I work with, it is learning to say no, learning to balance, no, learning to say no. And it's that you always want to do the right thing and you don't, you don't know you've done the wrong thing until you've done the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're like, oh, okay, that's wrong. Um, and I think, I've never felt close to burnt out. I do speak to people that, you know, they don't use that word, but, you know, they are, I always think 
you're gonna you're gonna quit I always think when people say can I speak to you I think oh here we go not in a not in a bad way but I I'm just waiting for it because all the signs are saying they are really really overworked so I do think um with covid with online meetings there's so much going on we in my clients I try to say what are our big three Mm. and it's like okay what are our big four what are our big five what you know like there's so many priorities there's so many things we have to do so I think it's balancing all of those priorities um learning to say no not feeling bad about saying no that's not a priority right now um I think that those those are probably the, those are the big ones and just I think it's just and I don't know it's a really good question I feel like I should know the answer I'll have a think I'll have a think okay I think Monique has frozen, so hopefully she'll unfreeze by the next question. Um, so I'll just read that out. So the next question is from, apologies if I'm pronouncing this wrong, it's, is it a tractor, a seeker? Do you have fear of failure? How do you keep motivated in the face of obstacles? Sorry, can you repeat that? Yeah, of course. Do you have fear of failure? How do you keep motivated in the face of obstacles? Yeah, did you know, I don't feel like I do have fear of failure. I oh, think I'm Monique's going to rejoin, so okay. you can continue, sorry. <laughs> Why is it just me? Um, I don't think I have fear of failure because I do believe, I believe in the law of attraction. I believe that everything will work out how it's meant to work out. So I, I don't, I sometimes I forget, it takes me a while to get started, but I always think I'm doing a job or I'm doing things. It doesn't matter if it never, it doesn't come to fruition in the way that I would, re, that I would hope. So no, I don't feel failure. I, I fear being too ordinary to fear failure. Monique, can you come back to my side? So I was I'm here. I'm here. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, I don't know. My Wi-Fi decided not to behave itself. I'm here. Let me see if I can spotlight myself back. Um, no, yeah, I don't feel I don't feel failure. Okay. Did you want me to ask one more? Or are you happy to um, continue, Monique? I'm back, so let me get myself back next to Tara. Okay. Um have we got our view right? Let me have a look. So my audience, can someone tell me what you can see? Can you see me and Tara next to each other? No, I'm, I think I'm small now. Now just me? Okay, let me try and get the view right. And then let me see. Bear with me a second, everybody. The joys of connecting, right? Okay. We good now? Can you see me and Tara next to each other? No, it's still small. So if you hovered over Tara's screen with the three dots to spotlight her, and then you'll need to do the same on yours. Is that better? So Tara's, yeah, yeah we just need you now. Yay. Yeah. There you go. Okay. All right. Sorry about that, everyone. Brilliant. I am back. So... We've, we've still got a lot of questions. What I will say to everybody now is I knew that this would happen, which is good. 
So what I will um, do is, um, the bit that I wanted to tell you now is, um, because of Tara nudging me in my back constantly, as I said, um, I am going to be launching a podcast and the six part webinar series will be the first six series, the first six episodes of my podcast. So there will be a recording available for this as well. And what I will do is pick up the questions that we haven't had a chance to answer um, and to pick some of those up in the beginning of the podcast recording for you. Um, but also do tell me in the chat, because this is a six part session, as I said, I flashed a slide up really quickly at the beginning, didn't I, about what areas we'll be covering. But I'd also ask for your feedback on that too. So if there's things that you wanted us to get into more of that we haven't covered today, then um, let's get into that again. And um, I'm sure I can beg or borrow 10 minutes of Tara's time to um, do a bit of an interview offline if we need to, just to pick up on those questions, because I don't want to lose that. And I think it's really important. One of the things I wanted to make sure with these sessions is that they were really interactive mm -hmm. for you. So, but I am conscious of time and I do want to finish us up on time. So based on what we've covered, I felt that there were three, I've been listening carefully as Tara's been talking, three things that jumped out for me. And again, in the chat, if you think there are other things that were pertinent, do say. One was about how you deal with fear. And that's what's the worst that can happen, visualizing it, going there. I know sometimes if anyone's done CBT, they sometimes talk about it as, um, um, what's the word I want to use? Catastrophizing. They say catastrophize it, go all the way to the end, visualize it, what's the worst that can happen? If you feel you can manage that and you can live with that, proceed. All right. So I think that's one of the first things I heard. What's the worst thing that can happen? Go there when you're fearful about something. And if it's okay and you can manage it, step forward. The other one was about taking a big goal and chunking it down. And I loved how you explained that, Tara, that real practical advice of how you do that. Um, I think sometimes our goals can be big. As I mentioned earlier, I left my 20-year NHS career and my board-level job last year my plan, my leaving well plan, and that's what I called it, and I worked with my coach on it. It was a 15-month plan. It wasn't an overnight decision, and there were many factors to that plan, you know, about finances, about my children, about my career plan, about my responsibility to my team, dealing with my guilt. I felt guilty about it. You know, I felt guilty because I had this big job and I was walking away from it. I was promoted from within. I felt guilty to my executive colleagues. We're in a tough place working through the pandemic. Um, but actually, when I worked through all of that, my reason for leaving and my reason, and I was so wanted to get everything going earlier on, I didn't really explain to you my reason for starting this um, webinar series. And the main one has been, as well as saying there's not enough practical information out there and people wanted to hear more was, I really feel my purpose is to nurture and grow brave leaders. And I feel I felt like I couldn't do that on the scale and the breadth and the platform of people that I want to reach, people who I want to encourage, people who I want to help to and encourage and support to just be yourself and fulfill your opportunity. I didn't feel I could do that from the confines of working for one organization. I feel that I really want to, so I'm so happy that so many people have joined me this evening because I really want to widen reach and to share some of this and to create a space, like I said, where we can learn and grow. So for me, that thing about 
taking your big goal and chunking it down, really something I live by as well. And I've used coaches, I've sought expert help when I've needed it, because sometimes your goal is so big, you cannot do it on your own, you need that help. And then the third thing which I heard here, which I love, and I think it's a new strap line there, Tara, for you, <laughs> is don't be ordinary. Why bother? You know, that's what I would say. Let's have some straight talk in here. Why bother to be ordinary? You are uniquely you. You know, everybody has something to offer. You know, there's something I always think about um, when I say it's okay to observe others and learn from others, but don't compare. Don't compare. You know, comparison can kill you. You know, it can really prevent you and it will, it will paralyze you from doing anything. Observe, learn, admire, nothing wrong with that. But don't compare. You're you. You've got your skills. You've got your abilities. Let's focus on our strengths. And I'm going to talk about that in session three, really focusing on your strengths and building that up. And yes, Kaz, it is true. That is why your platform is called No Ordinary Woman. But I really want that to be one of our big takeaways today. Let's all agree. Let's not be ordinary. That's not what this life's about. It's not a dress rehearsal. As Tara said, let's have some straight talking. You know, we're here and you came here and you've given us an hour and a half of your time because there's something you wanted to learn today. So let's do it. Let's not be ordinary. So Tia, we might want to change our hashtag to that. Don't be ordinary. <laughs> Scrap the other ones. I like that. Don't be ordinary. So the other thing that I need to give you now is your takeaway action. All right, because thank you, Kaz, I like it, don't be ordinary. What I said was, as well as that we were here to listen and to, to, you know, fire our questions at Tara, what I also wanted, though, is for there to be some practical action for you. And I'm going to introduce the book recommendation to be able to explain the action to you, all right? So, the book, I have it. Before my connection lets me down again, this is the book that I want to introduce you today and goes with this today. This is You Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. So when I, I voice noted Tara this morning and I sent her a photo of this book and then I, then I said, oh, Tara, by the way, I'm doing a book recommendation, blah, 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 blah. And Tara went, love him, know him, love him. <laughs> this book is absolutely one that I want everybody to get. And Ruby will tell you a bit more about it. But the reason why I'm telling you now about it is because the takeaway action is from the book, all right? And what it is, is it, Tara, you actually tapped into this. And I kid you not, I have not told Tara, this is what I was pulling out. But in here, David's got a series of challenges for people to try as you're reading the book based on what he does. And um, he says, choose any obstacle in your way or set a new goal and visualize overcoming or achieving it. And Linda, you said in your you said in the chat, what about thinking about what's the best that can happen? And that's why I said hold that thought. Because visualizing success, visualizing how good it feels is so important as well. So actually, that's what's going to be a takeaway. I'm going to hand you over to Ruby in a moment, and she'll tell you more and she'll have that for you. Um, but we'll put it all in the chat for you. You'll also get an email when you leave us and Ruby will tell you that. But I want to encourage you to try and read as well as we go through the session. So this is a course. This is a mini course. It's six sessions. I really hope you can join us for every session because I hope by the end of it and the very last session, we'll be talking to you more about taking your next step. And we'll be talking to you more about what other 
programs and opportunities are available for you. But in every session, I will recommend a book. And I really hope that you will take the time to be able to get to know that book and get to know the author as well, because most of these authors are also out there on social media. So Tara, it'd be great just to hear a couple of notes from you in terms of David Goggins, because I know you know him and respect him as well. I don't know, so I haven't read his book. I see him on, um, I love watching YouTube. And I think what I have taken, I think he's just like, I like that he's just no nonsense. Mm -hmm. He's very straight talking. And I think it just, I like that. I don't like excuses. But he's just like, you're either going to do it or you don't do it. You know, like, and not everyone needs that or can take that. But mm. that really motivates me. It's like, if he can do it, I can do it. And I think that yeah I just like that I like the toughness mm. I don't want somebody that's going to go oh you know like don't worry about it it's kind of like it's your life you are in charge of your life there are so many opportunities and even like horrendous stuff can be you can turn into something yeah something positive yeah you just you just have to try and stick at it and I'm sure that I know that's the kind of motivational message that from lots of people but from what I have seen of him that's what I just I like the toughness I think we are all so much tougher than we think that we are yeah and yeah. I think if we try that little bit harder trying when you don't want to gives you mm. is like the best form of for me it's like I got up at half past four I did to half marathon and it's like it you know I gritted my teeth but I did it it makes a victory all that more sweeter when that's it feels a, hard yeah that success is ever more sweeter isn't it when you've dug deep and that resonates with the four leaders that I put up at the beginning you know in terms of okay we hear their success stories don't we but actually if you do read and learn more about them they dug so deep it was almost unreal and they showed so much humility or determination despite that, you know, and I wonder how they felt when they, they achieved their success mm -hmm. and the pinnacle. But thank you for sharing that. So I'm going to say thank you to Tara now and thank you so much, Tara, for your time and your energy, your advice, your honesty, your insight. Um, and thank you for being a good friend to me as well. I really appreciate you've been there for me and then some. And it's been really beautiful knowing you over the last sort of year and a half now. Um, so before we go, I'm going to hand over to Ruby to close up for us. So Tia, I think if you can give Ruby a hand by putting up the slides. And Ruby, do you want to just wrap up of for course. us? Absolutely. Um, Tara, Monique, thank you so much. What an amazing session this has been. Um, so I just wanted to touch on what Monique just said. Um, we will absolutely be sending you, uh, you'll receive an email with all the learning points, um, information about the book that uh, Monique just mentioned, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. And of course, the takeaway actions, which I've also posted on the, on the chat as well, and the general kind of learning points. So I just wanted to spend a bit of time and tell you a bit about this book, because actually, 
it encompasses quite all of what we've just discussed and all the things on the chat about fear of failure and, and grabbing opportunities and that mindset. Um, it covers that in the book. And, and David Goggins um, is the only man in history to complete numerous elite military training programs. And he set a number of world endurance event records. And his book, this book that Monique um, recommends, tells you about his life story which started in poverty, abuse and prejudice and explains about how his determination and how to, to transform himself. Um, couple of quotes that I really wanna mention because actually I think it, it sets the tone in terms of and reflects what we just discussed today. Stepping outside your comfort zone on a regular basis. I think that's really important. A failure is just a stepping stone to future success. And I love this one. Greatness is not something that if you meet it once, it stays with you forever. Um, what's really exciting is that both Tara and Monique um, have really uh, have decided that they will be very happy to uh, give away 10 of these books to uh, 10 attendees today. So watch out. You will the, the lucky winners will get an email um, from Tara and Monique about that. Um, and I also kind of just wanted to tell you a little bit about an opportunity about the next session. So uh, T, can you put the slide up for me if you don't mind really quickly? There it is. It's the leaders, uh, oh, not yet, next one. Thank you. So session two is about supporting you to be brave. It's on Wednesday the 12th of May at 6 p.m. on Zoom. The registration is open now and I'm just gonna put the link right now for you guys on the chat function. Hopefully you'll be able to click it. Oh, it should allow you to click. If not, we'll send you the information and they are open now anyways. Um, we would really want you and encourage you to join all of the six sessions. Um, I'll be a guest on the next session. So if you want to hear a little bit my, about my journey and what I do, um, I'd love you to jump on board. Um, but before we go, I just want to introduce you uh, to the wonderful Diana Ross, a song <laughs> that I absolutely adore, a song that motivates me. And it's all about confidence and pushing yourself and, and, and lifting you up. And it really does push me and motivate me in the mornings in particular. I told Monique that the other day. Um, but I, I want to play a little bit about that. It's I'm Coming Out by Diana Ross. And before I press play, I'd like to invite all of you to just Think about reflections of today's session. I want you to put your any notes, any comments, any reflections on the chat. Um, if you can do that just before I press play and we can listen to a bit of Diana Ross as we're reflecting and, and, and giving our thoughts about this inspiring session that we've had today. So just bear with me a second while I do that for you. We, we will get the song to play. We will get the song to play. Don't worry, because I do want people to have that because I wanted you to feel, I can see all the comments. So I'm glad that people have felt inspired and have felt confident. <laughs> I can see Linda, you're naughty. I can see Linda saying, Ruby, you could just sing it. Um, but what I would <laughs> say to everybody is, yeah, definitely, Karen, play at the end. Put the song in the chat, Ruby, for everybody, if you can. Play it, because what I did want to do is kind of, ensure you leave us with that feeling of you know this is about you this is what you can do it is about the power of the mind I'm here I want you to think about when you are going to do that action what we've set from David um, Goggins book and when you are thinking and reflecting as I hope you will on what you've heard today and I hope you'll also tell a friend and someone else you think could benefit from it but actually that you do play that song that you do think about it 
And actually that if you listen to the words of what Diana Ross was saying, that this is your time, you know, I'm here to support you. Join me for the next five sessions as well. I'll be your cheerleader all the way through. But this is why I'm doing it. And this is why I'm not charging because it's something that I set my mind that I wanted to do to encourage and inspire and start building that group of, and that movement of brave leaders. So I'd like to close today and we'll see if we get the song to play. But I'd like to say thank you very much for your time. Thank you to Tara. Thank you to Tia and Ruby as well for helping me. They've given up their time when they are they have busy full-time jobs and children you know they've given their time and commitment because they believe in what I'm trying to do here and um, to thank my children my son and my daughter have been here in the background in the kitchen with me quietly my daughter's been manning the emails in case anyone had any problems you know my older daughter put all those little videos you see she's put them together for me you know, so just thank you to everyone who's prayed for me as well. A lot of people have sent me prayers and encouragement just to say thank you. And, you know, let's be on this journey together. This is about us being brave leaders. And I want to sign off with that comment. Hashtag don't be ordinary. So thank <laughs> you, everybody. See you later. Bye. There were so many great points covered in that session. But as I mentioned earlier, I, I said I would cover off um, any questions that we didn't get to answer in the session in the follow up here in these last few minutes. So question that we got asked, one of them was about a leader's mindset and about the main challenges to this. What are the top three hindrances? And I know in session three, finding your leadership style in challenging times, we really get into that. So please do listen to that episode because it's brilliant and it really answers some of the things that we see leaders facing now. And I also know that I experienced during my time as the lead director for COVID recovery in the NHS organization that I worked in. But a question that wasn't answered was, if someone has tried and found things difficult, has been beaten by challenges and circumstances, and they are feeling low, how do they recover from that place and start moving again? Now, a few things came to mind that were touched on in the session. The thing about breaking things down into manageable chunks, I think also plays into when your confidence is knocked. Sometimes trying to focus on the things that you can do well, those small things, those smaller tasks. When you do something and you've achieved it, celebrate that win, no matter how small it is. I find that always builds confidence, builds motivation and can help you to feel encouraged. And it's even better if you can find a cheerleader, someone who's in your corner, could be a friend, a colleague or a family member. That person who you always knows you feel positive around and will keep encouraging you as you're making those small steps. Tara also speaks about coaching and how um, she used coaches and what she gains from that and what her definition of coaching is. And I think, again, if your confidence is low and you're trying to recover and start moving again, I think working with a coach is a great way to do that because it also helps you to draw out what may have already been in yourself but has been knocked by the challenges you faced. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave me a rating and review and don't forget to subscribe. Can you please also share this with friends, family members or colleagues? I'd really appreciate it. And you can follow me on Twitter at Monique Carriol or connect with me on LinkedIn if you haven't already. I'm Monique Carriol on there too. And also click the links in the show notes to join my mailing list. I look forward to you joining me for the next episode. Take care and see you soon.